Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Y'all ready for the word today? All right, grab your Bibles and go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I apologize for um, the not finishing the book of Acts series. Uh, you'll have to take that up with my boss. <laughs> That's the Lord. <laughs> um, because I really wanted to finish that. There's so much content that we could have done. But in light of baptism and things that were stirring in my heart, I felt like the Lord told me to just go back to some elementary things, some basics, and so that's what we've been doing. We did the um, five reasons why people doubt their salvation. Last weekend, we did um, things that every new believer needs to know. There's seven of them. Uh, that hit the, the podcast or the YouTube channel this morning at 8 a.m. Uh, be sure to watch that if you haven't. There's, it's just a super practical message. I, I had multiple comments on that message. Uh, people talking to me saying, you don't hear pastors get that practical. Like, it, it, you just don't hear that practicality stuff. And so that message is about as practical as you can get. And it's probably pretty eye-opening, too. And so I encourage you to, uh, to go back and watch that, listen to it if you haven't. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Man, that thing is just doing amazing. People are watching that stuff, uh, those, that content. And, and the more and more subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so. And uh, it'll be a blessing to you. And, and also we have podcast, audio podcast as well on all the major platforms. Uh, if you want that, it's available. Today I'm going to preach a message entitled, Why You Should Read the Bible. Why You Should Read the Bible. And we'll be pretty practical today as well. The Bible is not just any book. It is God's inspired, holy, eternal word. Can I hear a good... Amen. So we're in John chapter 1. We'll get there in just a moment. Uh, But let me give you some intro. The Bible is the most read book. It's the most published book. It's the most sold book in human history. Year in and year out. A very conservative number that I found, and this is a conservative number, and, and there's multiple people that agreed that this was a conservative number, But the number I found was 5 billion Bibles have been sold. 5 billion with a B. Did you know no other religion in the world can claim that? No other religion in the world can claim that. The Bible is divided into two parts. It's divided into the Old Testament and the New Testament, meaning Old Covenant and New Covenant. The first four books of the New Testament, one of those we're going to read from today, are called the Gospels, and that would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Sometimes you will hear the terminology, the synoptic Gospels. What is that? That refers to the first three. That would be Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is not included in in that. 
It means Matthew, Mark, and Luke are almost identical. Their narratives are very similar. Their stories are very similar. Uh, The order, the context. But John is separate and unique. John's gospel is different. While it's included in the gospels, it's not in the list of the synoptic gospels. Synoptic means same. Everybody say same. So John chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now skip down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and full of truth. So what that's saying is, is if you want to know Jesus, He's the Word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So let's get started. I've got, um, I've got several points that I want to get to in why you should read your Bible. Uh, Also, let me give you some fun facts here. Uh, The Bible has been translated in 349 languages as of now. And I thought this was a good fact as well. 2,120, it's been translated into 2,123 languages. uh, Or let me back up. 340, it's been translated into 349 languages. 2,123 languages at least have a portion of the Bible. So that means they may only have a page, and some of the, um, the dictator-type countries, um, they have, you know, where the Bible is banned and Christianity is banned, where the underground church is, they may only have one page of the Bible. But it's one of the, their most cherished possessions they own. And so they, they value the Bible. Lord, I, I don't wish that upon us here in the States. I'm thankful for the freedom we have. But I wish that we would cherish the Bible like that. I wish that it was our most treasured and prized possession. So let me give you reasons why you should read the Bible. Uh, number one. The first reason is it is the key to knowing God. It is the key to knowing God. And at one community, knowing God is our first vision statement. If you know anything about our church, you know we have four uh, steps to our vision. Uh, The first one is knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. Let's say those. Knowing God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. So our first vision statement is to know God. That is our first vision step. That won't happen without being a student or a disciple of this Bible. You will never know God until you know His Word. It is impossible to have a relationship with God and not read this book. I want to say that again. It is impossible to have a growing relationship with God and not read your Bible. Amen. The Bible has been called God's handbook for life, God's love letters, God's map, God's owner's manual on how to do life, and on and on. It is all of those things and so much more. 
The Bible is a literal revelation of God to us. The Bible is God-breathed. It is God-inspired. The Bible is how God speaks to us the best. Now, there are so many people that want a minister to lay hands on them, to speak over them on behalf of God. And yes, the fourth chapter of Ephesians, it speaks of five specific ministry gifts, and we're for those here at One Community. Um, But in Ephesians 4, the fourth chapter of Ephesians, uh, God has given us these five ministry gifts, and they are for edification, they're for correction, encouragement, rebuke, on and on. And these five gifts are the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. We believe in those five gifts here. But too many people treat God like a drive through restaurant. Uh, you know, I just want to come into church, and I just want to get a little word, and then I want to go out. And especially there are people that I call it, they follow the circuit. Well, what's the circuit? The circuit is they follow people who minister and operate in the prophetic. And so they make a little, a, a little circuit and they find those kind of people and they only pop in when those people are ministering because they want a word from God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so they kind of follow those prophetic voices. Now we love the prophetic and we're all about the prophetic, but God is not a drive-through restaurant. Can I hear an Amen. Just give me a little Jesus. Listen carefully. The number one way God reveals himself to you is through the reading of his word. That is how God speaks to you. From Genesis to Revelation, the holy canon of scripture exists so that you might know God in a greater way. This is a good nugget, and I really hope you write it down. Your knowledge of God will never be any greater than your knowledge of his word. So I don't care how much you operate in the prophetic. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how many spiritual dreams you have. I don't care how much revelation you have. Your knowledge of God will never trump your knowledge of this book. Amen? So we need to know this book. Everybody say, know this book. If you want to hear God's voice, and I hear this a lot. Pastor, I want to hear God. If you want to hear God, read this book. Well, I want to hear God out loud. Well, if you want to hear God out loud, then read this book out loud. Go home, open this book, and start reading it out loud. You will hear God out loud. You will hear Him audibly speak to you. Amen. The Bible will never offer false prophecy. The Bible will never speak over you something that is not from the heart of God. Now, as a homework assignment, I want you to read 2 Peter chapter 1, and I want you to highlight verses 19 through 21. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. So number one, the Bible is the key to what? The Bible is the key to knowing God. Are you all ready for number two? Everybody awake? Okay. Number two, the Bible is the key to learning God's will. The Bible is the key to learning God's will. The Bible is how we see and know God, and your knowledge of it will parallel your knowledge of God. 
If you're saved, there should be an instinctive uh, desire in you to read God's Word. So when you get saved, automatically, and if not, then we need to talk, okay? But there should be a desire. It doesn't mean you're going to know it. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be a challenge to you. I'll probably talk more about that in a moment. But what it means is there is a desire immediately. There is a desire to know this book in you when you get saved. I want to know this book. I want to read this book. I want to understand this book. That desire should be there. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12. If we could go there. I want to read this. And it says, this is God speaking. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Guys, what we just read, that is God's will for you. God wants a relationship with you. When we read the Bible, we learn the nature of God. We learn the power of God. We learn the goodness of God. We learn the love of God. We learn the holiness of God, the mercies of God, the compassion of God when we open this book and we read it. The more you learn about God's nature and you learn His will, the more you discover His will for you. Amen. It is always God's will for people to be saved and in right relationship with Him. 2 Peter 3.9 That none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is hope regardless of your sin, regardless of your past, regardless of the wrong things that you have done. God's will is to forgive you, to love you, to encourage you. If you will, rec if you will recognize with Him your sin and receive His offering for your sin. Who is the offering for your sin? His Son, Jesus Christ. It is God's will for you to be saved. Can I hear an amen? It is God's will for you to live in health. It is God's will for you to live in His favor and blessing. It is God's will to break the curse of sin and depression and unhappiness off of you. It is God's will for you not to live in sickness and infirmity. The Bible says, He who forgives us of our sins and heals all of our diseases. It is God's will to break the curse of poverty and break the curse of lack off your life. That is God's will. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I read this book. And I know what God's will is for my life. It is God's will that you have joy and peace and happiness in your life. That you're not busted and disgusted and depressed and oppressed. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have comfort. Can I hear a big amen? And it is through reading the Bible that we discover that God has a holy purpose for me. And God has a destiny for me. And it is through the reading of the Bible that you not only know the will of God but you learn to live in the will of God. God's will will always lead you into blessing and fulfillment. I didn't say it would lead you into rainbows, ice cream, and lollipops. No, I said it will lead you into, into blessings and fulfillment. And fulfillment is what everybody is looking for. It is everybody is in a search for fulfillment in their life. And how do you find that? Right here in the pages of these 66 books that you hold in your hand this morning. This is where you find the blessings and the favor and the fulfillment for your life and your destiny. Man, I ought to hear something right there. 
This is, this is where you find it. God's will is better than your will for your life. Question, are you your own creator? Are you your own author? Do you author your story? Did you create you? No. Who created you? God did. And God is the author. And God knows your story. And He knows where the story starts. And He knows where the story ends. Can I hear an amen? I think He knows more about our story than we do. And when we lean into that, that's where we find fulfillment for our life. The more you read the Bible, the more godly instincts you will have. Automatically, you will start to have godly instincts. You will know things and you're like, I don't know how I knew that. And, it, and how you knew that is you start reading the Bible. As you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. God's Word, it says, have I hid in my heart. And so what happens is the more you, you read this and the more it gets into your spirit, then the more it comes out of you. You instinctively start knowing things and you're like, I don't know how I knew that. The Holy Spirit reminds you of things that you have read and you've studied. Can I hear an amen? It's instinct. God begins to put things on your heart and you instinctively know things. We were created in God's image. We know the more we read the Bible what to do and what not to do. We learn what pleases God and we learn what displeases God. Let's do number three. Third reason that we should read our Bible. The Bible, number three, is the key to your faith. Everybody say, the key to my faith. Your faith will never be greater than your knowledge of the Bible. Romans 10, 17, highlight this verse. Do we have that in the media booth? So that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What we do is called the Christian faith. Is that right? So if you want more faith, you've got to read this book. You've got to hear this book. Amen? That's why, seriously though, a little practical thing, you should read it out loud. Don't just read it whispering at your home because that's why you get sleepy. Open this book like you were a preacher and just start reading it as loud and bold as you possibly can. Why? Because your ears are hearing what you're reading. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. An old preacher taught me, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's where your faith is built up. One of my fathers in the Lord, after my dad passed, was a man that took me under his wing. Um, he preached my dad's funeral right over here in our, in our community chapel that we call it now. And uh, he, was a, he was a Bible guy, man. He was a word guy. And he, he was one of the guys that trained me. And of course, they had a, a school of ministry there at, at their church. And, and uh, he would call me. This is no joke. He would call me. And he would say, what is, I mean, I'm just making this up, but this is literally how he would do it, though. He would call me, and he wouldn't say, hey, Jason, how are you doing today? He would call me. The first thing he would say was, quote me Psalm 89, verse 1. I'd be like, well, let me find it. I knew to have my Bible when Brother Jerry called me. He used to have a pastor's conference 
at their church every year. And at the pastor's conference, he would have all of his protégés, which was me, I was one of them, he would have us all sitting on the front pew. There'd be 500 people in the building. And he'd be preaching. And he would walk up to these guys, these young preachers like myself, and he'd walk up here and he'd say, quote, John 5. And you were going, oh. (laughs) And then he would look at you and he'd start quoting it. Just like out of his mouth. I mean, that man could quote scripture like no one you've ever seen. The last time I saw him, he, he passed away of cancer. The last time I saw him, he came to El Dorado and preached at our church. And as he was leaving, I said, Brother Jerry, I said, I want you to pray for me. So he prayed for me. And I was just wanting some advice. You know, I just like, hey, can you, is there anything you want to tell me? Anything that you just think I should know? I, just, I was just like a kid, just craving something. You know, I just wanted to hear him say something. because He was so profound. And he said, yeah, read your Bible. I was like, well, I do. He said, read it, read it again. Read it more. And he called it the Word. The Word, Pastor. The Word, Pastor Jay. And as he drove off that night, he had a Lincoln Town car. And him and his wife got in that Lincoln Town car. And uh, I got, we got some folks from Missouri that watch our podcast. So Brother Kevin and those guys know who I'm talking about. That was their mentor as well. But he drove off in that Lincoln, him and Sister Merlene, that was her name, <laughs> big old car, got in that car, rolled down all four windows, and as he drove out the parking lot, he was hollering out the window, the word, Pastor Jay, the word. <laughs> and then he got on the highway, and you could hear him all the way down the highway, the word, the word, the word, <laughs> until it was just faint, you couldn't hear it anymore. And I thought, well, I read the Bible, come on. But you know what he was doing? He was instilling in me, there is nothing greater as a minister or anything that we can do to help people than this book right here. To know this book. Amen. Everybody say, to know this book. Man, the, the faith comes by hearing. The more you read and meditate on the Word of God, the Bible, the stronger your faith will be. Did you know faith is a defensive weapon according to Ephesians chapter 6? It's the shield of faith. It quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. It's it's what repels what the enemy comes at us with. One of the hardest spiritual battles you will ever face is the discipline of reading God's Word. It is one of the hardest things that you will have to learn to do because it's hard to develop this habit. To read the Bible. It's how you're going to know there is such thing as spiritual warfare and there is such a thing as the devil because you're going to find every reason why you don't have time to read the Bible. You're going to be sleepy. There won't be enough hours in the day. There's going to be so many reasons to stop you from this. Why? The devil don't want you reading the Bible because when you read the Bible, it is a weapon. And if you don't read the Bible, it's not a matter of if you fail, it's when and how bad you fail. Amen. So the enemy is going to fight you, and this is a hard thing to learn to develop. And there's going to be pushback, but you have to push through it, and you've got to learn to read the Bible. You cannot live the Christian life without the foundation of God's holy word. 
Make Bible reading a habit and listen to my words. Fight for it. Fight for it. Do whatever you have to do to push through the hard stuff to open this book and to read it. Here's the fourth reason. Reading the Bible is the key to success. Reading the Bible is the key to success. A little frustrates me a little bit because I, if I had a PowerPoint presentation and I could say, "Hey, how many of you want to be successful?" I got ten points. How you can be? Everybody be like, "Yeah." Like we want to know how do you be successful, and it's literally this easy. It's right here. If you want to be successful in life, it's right here. It's the pages of this Bible. This is how we find success. This is not defining success in the world's terminology. It's success in biblical terminology. God cares about your success. Deuteronomy 28. He wants to bless you in the city. Bless you in the country. Bless you going in. Bless you going out. Can I hear an amen? Biblical success is different than temporary secular success. God's success is eternal. In Timothy, Paul said, not just this life, it's not just success in this life, but it's the the life to come. It's the eternal life. God is not tight-fisted, stingy. God wants to bless you. So I want to read Joshua chapter 1. And we'll start reading in verses 7 through 9. This is what God told Joshua after the death of Moses. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, that's this, which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper. Is that what that says? That you may what? Prosper wherever you go. That's what that says. Verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. How often? That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you, go, wherever you go. God gave Joshua four keys to being successful. Number one, obey my commands. Obey my commands. This is God's commands. Number two, do not turn to the right or the left of it. How do we do that? False teaching and false people. False teaching and false people will get you to turn from this book. If you seek God, He will give you godly people to teach you the Bible. Can I hear an amen? I ought to hear an amen right there. We don't, thank you, James. We don't make the Bible fit our social narrative. No, we don't, we don't rearrange the Bible to fit what we want it to say. Number three, he told Joshua, study God's commands. We're doing that right now. Number four, meditate on God's commands. Purposely dwell upon it. James 5 says you can't just hear the Word of God. you got to do the Word of God. 
Now, here's our fifth reason and the last one today of why you should read the Bible and I'll close because y'all look very sleepy. Fifth reason why you should read the Bible. The Bible is the key to living a victorious life. Y'all ever seen believers that live defeated all the time? 90% defeat and 10% victory and that, like that's something to brag about. They delight in living in torment. Now I'm not denying there's not trials in this life, but let me give you three things. And um, uh, Marianne, are you where are you at? If you would come to the keyboard and uh, play something, and we're going to close this message because these folks, Miss Marianne, are really sleepy. So I'm hoping that you will wake them up. (laughs) Let me give you three things. If you got your notebooks out, write them down. These are things the Bible would give you victory over. Number one, God wants you to live in victory over sin. God wants you to live in victory over sin. Now, I'm not going to put these up on the screen, and I instructed our media team not to do so, but I am going to give you the reference because I want you to go home and do some reading on your own. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, and Psalm 119, 9 through 11. There they are. They're right there on the screen, so write those down. That's the first one. Here's number two, victory over the flesh. How many of you could use some victory over your flesh? Well, one person does, praise God. Let me give you the references for this. Ephesians 5, verse 26. And this is the passage that talks about husbands and wives. And verse 26, it's going to talk about the husband and... It's going to use the terminology, the washing of the water of the word. That's what a husband does. That we speak over our wives. And this this word is like taking a bath. It washes over us. Can I hear an amen? The next reference is Hebrews 4 verse 12. Number three, victory over the world. How many of you can use that? John 17, verses 13 through 19. John 17, verses 13 through 19. It's the reading and the obedience to the Bible that you learn to live a victorious life. I want to close with a question. And my question today is, not do you know the Bible, but my my question today is, Do you know the author of the Bible? If you're in this room or you're watching online, do you know the author of the Bible? Today, you can meet him. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me say this. The Bible will never mean anything to you until you have a right relationship with God. If you're not in right relationship with God, you're not going to get anything out of this book. But when you're in right relationship with God and you're really, you're really humble and, and you have an authentic and genuineness and sincerity to you that says, God, I don't know this book. I don't know this book. And God, I want to know this book. When you come to God like that, the Bible just opens up 
It's like it jumps off the pages. I tell people all the time, the Bible to me is like reading a storybook. It comes alive. I put myself in those stories. I, I think of those stories in today's times and circumstances. And it, it opens up. God opens up uh, like a whole new world to me when I read the Bible. Paul said, people who do not believe are spiritually blinded to the truth of the gospel. Spiritual blindness. It is through the Bible that spiritual or spiritually blinded eyes are open. Spiritually, God comes along as you read the Bible and He exposes truth to you and your eyes that were once spiritually blind become open. The Bible says it's through the foolishness of preaching God's Word. God reveals the simplicity of the message of salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, what is the gospel? Jesus was born of a virgin. That's why we're celebrating this season. He was crucified. He was buried. Three days later, he came out of the tomb. And he lives today eternally. And Jesus' whole goal is to be the bridge between sinful people and a holy God. The Bible says he ever liveth to be that bridge, to be that hope. He's the bridge between our sinfulness and God's holiness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Three things you have to do. Number one, you've got to recognize you're a sinner. Number two, you have to repent of sin. It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. It's a change of direction. It's a change of attitude. Number three, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today you can have peace with the Holy God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around today. I want you today as you stand here with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody leaving this room. I want us to pray a prayer together. And I really want us to do this for those online because I just feel in my heart that there's somebody out there today who's ready to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody out loud. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Today, as I was hearing this message, I felt your Holy Spirit prompting me to receive you. So now I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I repent of sin and I receive Christ right now. And with these words, come on, say that again. With these words, I am saved. I am born again. I am a new believer in Christ Jesus. Come on, can we give those a hand right now?
Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado. 